Hello everybody, welcome to Borderline M Back, Hope and Recovery for Borderline Personality Disorder. Before we get into this DBT mini-sode, this is just a reminder that I am not a doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist, counselor, any of those kind of things. I'm just here sharing my journey of diagnosis and not necessarily recovery, management, we'll call it management, of Borderline Personality Disorder. Now that we have that out of the way, like I said, this is our DBT mini-sode number five. Um, I realized that um, last week when I was talking about how we were switching modules from mindfulness to distress tolerance, that I don't think I actually talked about what the goals for this module are. So in case I haven't, and even if I have, it's always good to do a little reminder, a little run-through. The goals of distress tolerance are surviving crisis situations without making them worse, accept reality, so replacing suffering and being, in air quotes, stuck with ordinary pain and the possibility of moving forward. In this case, ordinary pain means tolerable pain, if you will, um, not pain that overwhelms us and takes over and you guys know what I'm talking about when they're saying suffering you'll know for yourself what suffering is for each one of you because it's going to be different person to person. And the final goal is to become free of having to satisfy the demands of your own desires, urges, and intense emotions. And again, that's an in-the-moment situation, that crisis situation. Not that you can't have satisfaction of a desire, um, Again, it's looking at the intense desires, those intense urges, and those intense emotions. I also like to share a little bit um, on these minisodes about how we um, took up some homework, um, as well as our mindfulness exercise. So check out the show notes. I didn't hate this mindfulness exercise. Um, it had to deal with gratitude. Um, so actually, I'm going to take back the I didn't hate this one. I enjoyed it, but I'm going to modify it a little bit. Um, at the end, it talks about sending gratitude out to somebody that you love, which is always a really nice and beautiful concept. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this as part of the mindfulness exercise I'm going to include in the notes. But on my DBT card deck that I use, the 52 cards that I tote around everywhere with me, in the interpersonal effectiveness module, one of the skills is to have gratitude or compassion for somebody that you love and to think about that and how that person makes you feel. And then think of someone that you may be struggling with, uh, that you're not getting along with, that you have issues with, and try to extend that same feeling to that individual. So what I said in group is that I'm actually going to modify uh, this mindfulness exercise that we were given, and I'm going to start doing it on Mondays. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this gratitude mindfulness meditation and I'm also going to implement that uh, two-person thinking process so that I'm starting my weekday with a good intention for someone who I might be struggling with to have a connection with someone that I may have wronged someone who may have wronged me and I think that's actually kind of a really beautiful way to go into the week to set an intention for something good something compassionate, and something loving. After mindfulness, we all get to take up our homework. They still haven't 
found another word for that. I know I talked about my little meltdown last week that I had um, regarding not completing mine, uh, but this week I did. So it was doing the pros and cons uh, lists and the urge of a crisis. And the interesting thing about crises for me is that a lot of the crises that I struggle with the most when it comes to intense emotions are in relation to interpersonal relationships. I was originally going to do my homework on uh, my motorcycle being stolen uh, when I moved into this new apartment that I'm living in, but I handled that exceptionally well, like insanely well. I didn't have a meltdown. I took a breath. Yeah, it sucked, but I got through everything that I needed to do. I didn't become, I, I always use this reference, a toddler on the floor. Like I handled that and I was so proud of myself. But I really struggle with interpersonal relationships. And I've mentioned in earlier episodes that I still struggle with being Tinkerbell. I I want a lot of attention. I'm still fairly needy. I still jump to worst case scenarios in my head. Um, I just struggle in general. Um, And what we talked about, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but again, it's kind of that Tinkerbell situation. I'm feeling unimportant, feeling like I, I'm not valued, if you will. Um, just trying to understand my place with people. Um, it was realizing that in a lot of interpersonal situations, my crisis there is a fight or flight response that I either want to completely run away, shut down, never talk to somebody again, or turn into a texting tyrant and just go off with my thumbs and send a whole list of ways that I feel like I've been wronged, that I'm frustrated that this other person isn't showing up and it's one-sided and it's unfair and all of these things. Um, So that's what I did my pros and cons on. And it was a good learning moment for myself, recognizing that my crises are different than other people's. And we talked about that in group, that what's a crisis to one person is not a crisis to someone else. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but we can't compare our lives to other people's. And again, that, that applies to so many things. It, it applies to crises. It applies to traumas. And I've said before that I really struggle uh, with trauma, um, like comparing mine to other people's. Uh, same with vulnerability. Like I have a hard time opening up and being vulnerable about life experiences because it's hard. The judgment is hard. The potential of rejection is obviously hard. But also if someone's told you something that you perceive to be worse than what you've gone through, it makes you question if um, if what you're sharing is of equal value, if you will, not necessarily value, but if it's weighed equally in that particular situation. Um, I do enjoy the pros and cons distress tolerance skill. Um, I think it's worth a shot. Definitely check it out. I know I included on the last episode um, some sheets that you can print out and Pick the one thing, like the biggest crisis situation that repeatedly happens in your life and do it for that. And they advise that you carry it around with you. That's really not practical for most people. 
but take a picture of it on your phone, add it to your favorites so you can quickly like go back and reference it. Just try it out, even for a month. See how having that resource by, or even just working through that resource makes you feel. We went through two skills um, this week in week number five. Um, one of them is actually one of my personal favorite skills, so uh, we'll get to that one second. But the first one that we went through was the STOP skill. STOP is a acronym for STOP, kind of funny. I find it ironic, but anyways, S for stop, T for take a step back, O for observe, and P for proceed mindfully. So what they say about stop is do not react, just stop, freeze. I call it bambying, just like stop in your tracks. Do not move a muscle. Your emotions may try to make you act without thinking. So the purpose here is to stay in control. T for take a step back. Um, you're going to take a step back from the situation. Just take a break, let go, take a deep breath. Um, don't let your feelings make you act impulsively. Um, when they say take a break, I advise literally taking a break, like remove yourself from the situation. Um, if you can go get a cup of tea, decaffeinated, preferably, uh, anxiety is likely just going to make things worse. Um, if you can't do that, go to the bathroom. Honestly, like it's a socially acceptable way to remove yourself. Um, if you're feeling amped up, if this is something that's happening on the phone or on social media, or, you know, like through text message, put your phone down. If you have to tell someone that you need to go and that you will talk to them later, set that boundary. It is completely acceptable. If it's a text message, just, just walk away, just put it down, go do something else. Just leave it set it to airplane mode, set it to do not disturb for a little bit, just literally stop what you're doing. O for observe. So notice what's going on inside and outside of you. What is the situation? What are your thoughts and feelings? What are others saying or doing? So you can either do this in your head. Um, if you've actually been able to take a step back, um, I find it helpful to either write it down physically. For me, I, I very much do best with pen to paper or pencil to paper. Um, I find it cathartic. It's very interesting for me to see how my writing changes from going from being in a moment of being deeply emotional, of being, like they say, in a crisis mode. And then once I can observe myself calming down and becoming uh, more regulated or in a wise mind state, my handwriting changes. So that's actually kind of fascinating for me. Um, but you can also do this in notes on your phone. Just type out a note. Type these things out. Work, work through it and see how you feel. And then P, proceed mindfully. Act with awareness. In deciding what to do, consider your thoughts and feelings, the situation, and other people's thoughts and feelings. Think about your goals. Ask wise mind which actions will make it better or worse. Again, when you get down to the better or worse, write it down. Because sometimes when we're just going through our own heads, it, it's not easy to recall that. And I know we talked about the pros and cons that I, I worked through last week for my homework. Um, but proceeding mindfully is something, now that I'm looking at it, that I realize I do very often. Um, at least the part about... Um, considering my thoughts and feelings, what the particular situation there, 
as well as other people's thoughts and feelings. Um, and in addition to that, I, I like to consider like what they're able to show up for, um, looking at behaviors, those kind of things. I I've talked about it a bit in the past, um, when it comes to evaluating other people. Um, I'm going to do a whole episode on that actually. It's a good idea for me here. And the second skill that we learned is a personal favor of mine, which is tip, um, which is all about changing your, um, your body chemistry. And it's to reduce extreme emotion mind being the state of extreme motion mind very quickly. So tip, uh, T is tip the temperature of your face with cold water to help you calm down fast. And what they advise is holding your breath, put your face in a bowl of cold water or, uh, or like in a cold pack, you know, if you're at home, grab like a bag of frozen vegetables, peas, corn, whatever you got going on, that kind of thing. Um, but if you're doing that, um, you put it on your eyes and your cheeks and you're supposed to do this for 30 seconds while keeping the water above 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm sorry for all my Canadian listeners. I don't know how to do that. Two degrees Celsius. You'll have to do a conversion yourself. I should have looked that up beforehand. Um, I understand what they're saying here with tip about putting your face in cold water. Um, I do think that there are other ways of doing tip and there's different ways that I personally, um, use the tip skill. Um, if I'm at home and I'm experiencing extreme emotion, I will run the shower as cold as possible, toss my hair up into a messy bun, and I will literally jump in the shower for 30 seconds and then remove myself. Um, that works well for me. Um, another thing that I will do is if I have a little ice pack that I can carry around, sometimes you can get those ones that you can just kind of crack and it instantly gets cold. I'll carry those around in my purse so I can grab that and just put it in my hand because that also allows me to remove the focus from my mind and my emotions and focus somewhere else. The reason that they advise literally dunking your face into water or the cold pack on your your cheeks and your eyes is that it simulates um, going underwater where our body will naturally try and hold our breath, preserve, and get us into a calming state so that we don't effectively drown, if you will. Um, With the tip skill, any of the tip skills, uh, before I get into the rest of them, if you have a heart condition, don't try doing anything with tip temperature-wise. Even the next part, intense exercise, without consulting your doctor. Again, I'm not a doctor here. I'm just delivering the advice, any of these things, please consult with your doctor because we want to keep you healthy, folks. Um, So the I of tip is intense exercise. Um, So to calm down your body when it's revved up by emotion. So engage in intense exercise, if only for a short while. Expend your body's stored up physical energy by running, walking fast, jumping, playing basketball, lifting weights, doing push-ups, those kind of things. So in group, they said that you shouldn't do it for more than 30 minutes. They specifically said don't do anything for two hours, that kind of thing. Um, And again, we're going to do me chiming in on how I feel about intense exercise. I do agree that if you are in a deep state of crisis, doing something explosive, not explosive emotionally, but physically. So doing some sprints. Um, doing some jumping jacks. Sometimes I, if I'm at work, I'll just close my office door and kind of turn the blinds and I'll literally just jump up and down for a little bit. 
that kind of thing. Um, whatever works for you, but you need to, you need to push yourself to the limits for this, um, to bring yourself back when you're revved up in that deep crisis state. I will, however, say that I slightly disagree. Um, and I've talked about this in management episodes on ADHD and BPD, that you need to find some kind of exercise. It doesn't have to be extremely intense all the time, but something to proactively work on keeping your energy levels in check. Because if you're tired, not exhausted, because we need to take care of our sleep hygiene, but when you have expelled energy, there's less likely that you're going to have these intense emotions that you can't uh, keep under wraps. I'm not saying you have to become like Arnold Schwarzenegger and be an intense bodybuilder, but find something you enjoy. I've said before, I enjoy lifting weights. I, I enjoy doing pole dance. I've recently gotten into jujitsu. Find something that challenges yourself. Uh, the other nice thing, or not nice thing, yeah, it's nice. Another good thing about exercise is that it's a form of discipline. It's a type of commitment and it's a way of honoring your body and giving yourself some self-care. Um, the pain that you feel afterwards, the doms might not feel that way, but it is. So work through it. I'm pretty sure that the reason that they say not to engage in too long of physical exercise is because they want to advise against doing anything that could potentially result in disordered eating, um, body dysmorphia issues, those kind of things. So I do understand it from that perspective. And I will say, if you are struggling with any of that, please do not use intense exercise and say it's through DBT to feed into those behaviors. I want you to check yourself there. Um, and in that case, for sure, only do the max five minutes of this because it's all about healing and not giving in to other conditions that you might have. So we're getting into the P part of tip. And this is actually a two-parter. So the first one is paced breathing. So pace your breathing by slowing it down. You're going to breathe deeply into your belly. Um, di- that's called diaphragmic breathing. I'm going to include in the show notes a video on how to work on properly doing that. So we're going to slow your pace of inhaling and exhaling way down. So on average to five to six breaths per minute. And you need to breathe out more slowly than you breathe in. So for example, if you're doing five seconds in, seven seconds out, if you can get it to eight, that's incredible. And the reason that you need to breathe through your belly is that when you start breathing in through your chest, that's where that panicked feeling comes from when it comes to breathing, that immediate like, (laughs) sorry for that for everyone listening, but that's an example of chest breathing. And that's just going to fuel your intensity and your emotion. So please check out in the show notes about um, diaphragmic or belly breathing. It's awesome. And then the second P for tip is paired muscle relaxation. So to calm down by pairing muscle relaxation with breathing out. So while breathing into your belly deeply, tense your muscles, not so much that you're going to cause a cramp. You're going to notice the tension that you have in your body. And then while breathing out, say the word relax in your mind. I don't think you need to do that. As long as you know that you're supposed to be relaxing, 
I think it's the same concept personally. And then you let go of the tension and notice the difference in your body. So paired muscle relaxation is kind of cool. It can be as short or as long as you want it to be. Um, so if you're at work, you can literally look at paired muscle relaxation and just work on it with your feet under your desk. Or if you can kind of put your hands on your lap, you can work on it that way. Or if you have the time, you can literally do a full body scan. Um, I first learned about this in a book called Full Catastrophe Living. Again, check out the show notes for that book. It's, it's really interesting as well. Um, but paired muscle relaxation, it, it does help me. And definitely check it out. It's kind of like any of these DBT, DBT skills that I'm sharing with you. They're not going to work for everyone. Not all of them are going to work for everyone, but find what does work for you. Um, just like for pace breathing, I'll link a video in the show notes on how to work through paired muscle relaxation as well. And this mini-sode has officially already hit 21 minutes. One of these days I'll be able to keep it to 10 or 15, but we did have two skills to go over this week and a little bit more sharing on how I felt about the homework from last week. So I'm going to justify this time limit until the next episode that we have going on, or we, I have, that I will be releasing. Take it easy, everyone. Have a good week. And if you're struggling, remember, we're all struggling. I'm struggling, to be completely honest. But we're doing the best we can. And that's all we can ask for day by day, that we're better, hopefully, than the person we were yesterday, or we've learned something from the person we were yesterday. And like always, if you're struggling, give yourself a little grace and have a great week, everyone.